Welcome to Dig Deep. I am so glad you are joining us today because today I get to interview one of my most favorite people on the planet, Nicole Hahn. Thanks for being here, Nicole. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Nicole is visiting from California. She is my cousin, my husband's cousin, actually. And we met, we first met just, we realized just under 14 years ago. Yeah. Like, the day before your wedding. Was it the day before your wedding? It the was. week before it your was. wedding? I think it was no, the day, was day before your wedding. Yeah. So it was pretty weird to meet in that context. Ben and I had just started dating, or we'd been dating for a few months. I don't... Did you get married in the fall? In the fall. So we've yeah, been married October. about six months. Yeah. And we've been dating for about six months, and you were about to get married. And so it was kind of a big deal that I flew out to California yeah. with him and met you. You were like surrounded by your bridesmaids <laughs> and your family. And I was like, hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. It was. It was the best. And so you guys have been married. You're about to celebrate 14 years. Yes. Nicole and Jared are just some of the coolest people that we know. And one of the things I love about you guys is your love story. You have a love story like nobody else that I know really. And so first, I just want you to share with people a little bit about how you and Jared ended up getting married. Your love story. Sure. Um, So we... um, We've known each other since seventh grade. That's when we met. And I, we were instant friends Mm -hmm. and had awesome chemistry just as a friendship. We laughed at the same jokes, loved the same things, had a lot of fun together. Um, And I had made a decision really early on in life that I wanted, it was fourth, it was fourth grade, maybe sixth grade that I had decided that I wanted to only, only date my husband I only, yeah. I didn't want to spend any time. You didn't want to do the date around thing. No. You were and like, I, I'm just going to wait till I find yeah. him and then I'm going to date him and then I'm going to marry him. Yeah. And I, I knew that young and <sighs> I stuck to that. Yeah. Um, so, so much so, I, I tend to do things kind of all the way if uh-huh. I'm going to do them. So, oh, so much so is like I wouldn't slow dance with anybody. I wouldn't wow, I don't think I knew hold that. hands with people. It was, it was that I'm saving all of that for my husband. Wow. So early on, Jared, there was a, there was crush, there was interest on his part and he's very attractive. I can't deny that. <laughs> he is my husband is a very good looking man. But I, so I could acknowledge that, but I just yes. knew like, sure. this is not, I want to be friends. And yeah. so we were friends, best friends, really all of junior high, all of high school. Um, and kind of starting in the college years, um, we kind of, our friendship remained and we had had a couple of actually one main conversation after high school where Jared said, Hey, has there ever been anything more from your end of things? Mm. Is there ever, have you ever had more feelings? And I quickly was, Nope, not going to happen. And at that point in our friendship, like I, it was, he was like a brother to me. I didn't have that, those feelings for him and it shut down. I shut him down quickly. And it wasn't even a year after that I had um, moved to Romania. Mm -hmm. He had started, um, a Bible school program and he had came, um, we had emailed, we always were in touch when I was Mm -hmm. overseas doing missions work and he, um, was in school and he came to visit and it was in that visit that he walked into the house that I was staying and it was like, mm-hmm. God just lifted this veil from my eyes and it was like, whoa. <laughs> and it was like my husband walked into the room. Yeah. And um, it was shortly after that, we had another conversation where he referenced that initial conversation yeah. the year prior, two years prior, and was like, has that changed? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we um, we went on... One date, he proposed the next day, Come and on. we were That's married awesome. three months later. Yeah, it was three months. Yeah, 
So because I had waited so long, so, yeah, you were like, like ready to go. But no, I was very much like, well, once I do finally yeah. meet my husband, like I yeah. want to be courted and I want to date and oh, I want to experience uh, all these things. And it was like, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm it's ready. not happening. Let's, Let's just, just do this. Let's just do this. So we knew. So yes. that's mm, kind of our that awesome, yeah. And you, your first kiss was when you got engaged. Yeah, yeah. yeah our, and it and was, then yeah. Then we got married shortly after. And, yeah. And yeah. that's when I met you. And so I'm walking into this here. Ben and I had been dating for six months and feeling like we'll probably have to date forever because I was in the middle of school when we met. And I was like, so they've known each other forever, but they just started dating. They had one date, real date, (laughs) and then got engaged the next day. So I thought you were a little crazy, but like in the best way crazy because it was you're my kind of crazy. I thought this is really, really awesome. And so I didn't really totally know what to picture because Ben had described, I mean, you have always just been like, um, an inspiration to Ben in so many ways as his cousin growing up, a picture of a woman of God for him, which was just so awesome. So I knew that. And then I knew you were like getting married super fast. I knew once I met him that your fiance had a soul patch. Didn't you oh, have a soul patch? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> did. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. But it was he a bad has, face. Yeah. It was a bad face for everyone. I mean, yeah. that it was just not. He but. also had an eyebrow ring. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. I forgot about that. And if you know my so, husband or can right. even see a photo of him, right. he's like the most clean cut yes. dude. And it's like, that was like a, a year little, phase. It was like, blip. what's happening? And with you were you? blonde. I was very and blonde. so here, but you're, you know, yeah, anyway. I'm naturally quite brunette, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to take in this picture of who are these people exactly, Gosh. and you're telling me their first kiss was like five minutes ago, right. and now we're at their wedding, and and you were a missionary in Romania, yeah. working with orphans primarily yeah. in Romania. You'd been doing that work for years at that point, yeah. I think, and so and then I knew that right after your wedding. You guys were going back. Right. As a couple, yeah. you were moving back to Romania to engage in mission work. So the whole picture was just amazing and beautiful. But I think my favorite part of the whole wedding experience <laughs> is here I'm like just getting to know you guys, trying to take in this picture of everything the soul patch, the missionary, the first kiss five minutes ago. Yeah. And your first dance comes on, and I don't remember what song you danced to. It's it your like love. Your, Tim McGraw. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Nice. <laughs> and so you're dancing to that. And I think every you made everyone feel super, um, like a little bit awkward that they felt like they should be giving you guys some privacy because both of you were like grabbing each other's butts. We were yeah. the whole time, <laughs> and I remember thinking like that is awesome because I knew your story, but it also I made yeah. me blush a little bit. Everybody was kind of like awkwardly looking around at each other, but you guys were in your own world. You were like, look, we. We really were. And when Jared and I talk about that, it still is like this moment that stood still for (laughs) us. Like we were the only ones there. And we had a really large wedding because we both were, like I was on the mission field. And so the church body was, we had so many supporters and Jared was getting ready to go on the mission field. And we both have large families. And so we're talking about like a four to 500 person wedding. And there we are on the dance floor in our (laughs) own world. But it was like, (laughs) like, this is my slow dance I've been waiting for. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. You went for it. You went for it. I remember being like, slightly handsy. It was a little bit handsy. Yeah. You guys were in your own little world. That is for sure. (laughs) And then pretty much immediately after your wedding, you guys, I mean, you went on a short honeymoon, right? And then you moved to Romania as a couple to engage in missions work as a um, as a newlywed couple, yes. which I just also thought was amazing mm-hmm. and 
and intense. And so that's where I sort of want us to pick up. And I know there's more to the story than that and more to your history. And we can talk about that too. But today in this series, we're doing this series, The Wounded Healer. And today we're talking about pain, physical pain and suffering, chronic pain. And that has been, unfortunately, just a big part of your story. And, and so I'm so grateful that you're willing to talk about this today. I just want to remind everyone who's listening, sort of the inspiration for this series, the wounded healer, it comes from second Corinthians chapter one. And Paul says this, he says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so So every episode in this series, we are going to be talking about a different type of suffering that we experience in this life. And today we are talking about physical pain and and suffering. So Nicole, you guys moved back to Romania and, but, but share with everybody a little bit more of your history with pain. I mean, what is your story there? Well, if I can rewind just a little bit, it was, um, my senior year of high school. Um, I, uh, ended up having brain surgery, um, Went through an emergency brain surgery um, on Christmas Eve. Um, mm-hmm. They found something that I had been having a ton of complications. I was losing fine motor skills and blacking out. and um, So they went in for brain surgery, um, ended up um, having a second brain surgery a month later, spent about three months in the hospital, all sorts of complications from seizures to cardiac arrest to um, meningitis. And so I had mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Um, in the the second surgery, I needed a couple of blood transfusions, which saved my life. But going through all of that in my senior year of high school, I, um, as I was recovering, I ended up graduating with my class and continued on. Um, and really being 17, you can kind of like pick up and it's mm. like, okay, here we go. I went through this and mm. I'm bald and I've got staples in my head, but wins prom. <laughs> but you rocked it. You know, you and, yeah. And um, so I went through that, but a lot of the symptoms that I was having, although some were corrected, I started getting a whole lot more symptoms Mm. as I was, um, as I was healing from the surgery. Yeah. And so, um, fast forward a little bit, a couple years, even out of high school, um, I was in and out of doctor's office, all sorts of different specialists. My mom was really on a mission to figure out what the heck was wrong with me. I went through, um, losing all of my hair. Like I would literally Mm. be, um, driving, I would get these sores on my head and I would know that these sores meant that I would lose my hair. So one time I was driving, uh, to a class and I could, I felt the sores all day and I literally stuck my head out the window and Mm. all of my hair flew off, put my head back in the window. And of course there's patches or whatever, but my hair was gone. So from stuff like that to chronic headaches to really bad gastrointestinal stuff, and they couldn't figure it out. And for me, I was spending so much time in waiting rooms Mm -hmm. and, um, really like a life verse for me from like high school on was, Isaiah 6, 8, where it was, then I heard a voice of the Lord and he said, whom shall I send and who shall go for me? And I said, here I am, send me. Mm. And for me, I wasn't getting better. Um, but I, I was more, I was tortured by the fact that I was spending my life trying to figure out what was physically wrong with me. And I, um, there was only more confusion, never answers. So I decided to pursue missions at that point. And the Lord really just unraveled that in my life. Like, going on a short-term trip and and my husband Jared actually was on that same trip with me and and um really the Lord exposing me to things and at parts of my heart and giftings that he had created in me that I didn't even know were there. Yeah. So Romania was another one of those 
this is this is what I'm supposed to do at this time in my life. Yeah. And it was very difficult for, I mean, my, my family specifically because I wasn't well. I mean, I didn't go right. over there in yeah. tip-top shape. I'm, right. But I knew this is this is what I'm supposed to do. I had never been more sure of anything in my entire life. And mm-hmm. so going over to Romania, I physically was still not well. And then symptoms and um, pain kind of progressed and we still didn't have an answer. Yeah. So at that point in Romania, I had been there alone and then we got... Um, we got married and then we were there. Our first year of marriage was in Romania on a team yeah. working with orphans every day. We were actually a part of a team that was almost all female and we were one of the right. only married couples there. Yeah. Um, but then also trying to navigate my physical well-being and and what what is just the progression of, okay, this happens to Nicole. Nicole deals with headaches quite yeah. often where she's throwing up, where she's um, isn't able to see. Okay, Nicole deals with cramping and, and di- different stuff in her body that is kind of unexplainable. Yeah. Uh, she gets weird rashes. She gets, we don't know why, you know, and, and, and so those things were all really a part of um, Jared and I's, uh, our friendship, but then our marriage. Yeah. Um, and so we had come home for a, a, a quick sabbatical, um, and I had a really, really dear friend who um, her mom had just recently gotten diagnosed um, with Lyme disease. And I had, at this point, I mean, I have literally been tested for just about everything under the sun because I had gone to so many specialists and mm-hmm. so many doctors. And and um, we, I, I, we ended up, during that sabbatical, just doing this blood test because it was like, well, mm-hmm. okay, why not? Um and it came back blaringly positive. Yeah. So that that test was um, when I when we sat down in the doctor's office and got the results. It was like, okay, I don't even know what that means, right. but it was associated with MRIs and all sorts of blood work where there was tons of marked brain damage from where the at this point it's chronic right. um, late stage Lyme disease. Yeah. Where I mean, we're in the East Coast now, so right, you're very familiar. You get yeah. get by a tick and. Yeah. And you get treatment but in Southern okay. California. Yeah, Southern California, it's a, very is, rare a, a tick is like, and Lyme is very yeah. confusing to people. They don't understand yeah. it, and and there isn't a lot of. I mean, it's there's more and more research now, but there just there just isn't a lot out there about it. Yeah. Um, so getting that diagnosis and then hearing from the doctor like you need to get treatment like yesterday. Yeah. Um, so we had we had um six weeks to go back to Romania to pack up our ministry and our intention at that point was to come home, get treatment and then move back. Um, and we, um, had built these relationships with these orphans of, of trust and they clearly have abandonment issues. And we were there thinking our life was there, right. Thinking that this is where we're going to adopt children and yeah. or have children or whatever God has for us. And, right. um, having to say goodbye and, and goodbye to our team and pack up that and, and come home for treatment. So we came home for treatment. Um, and Jared and I kind of always joke that I, I look back at my pain then on a daily basis and, and, um, and I, and I think like, gosh, if I could, if I could have that, that mm. then I thought it was absolutely right. awful. If I could take that, I would take that girl True. any day of the week yeah. now. Cause I had no idea the road of suffering and, and the progression of pain that would be in my life. And that yeah. was, that was four, um, yeah. well, I guess 13, 13 years, years ago. ago. So we came home and began treatment and treatment began, just became more and more complicated. Yeah. Um, the disease it's, it's, um, 
it's trying to chase. It's almost like I always think picture a hamster in a wheel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're trying to chase after something that you're just trying to cut it off at the past. And if yeah. you can just stop it just enough to, to get, gain some ground and, and get some leeway, yeah. but it's, um, everything is just keeping it almost from getting too, right. too much worse too quickly. Trying to just yeah. slow the progression. To slow the progression. Because, but it is continuing to progress. And yes. Progress. Yeah. yeah. So every doctor, every consultation from homeopathic to naturopathic to specialist to internist to mm-hmm. um, all the way going back to um, the brain surgery days and yeah. and the doctors and residual effects from having such a traumatic brain injury, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in from from them tracing back to the 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 lime that I received was when I had blood transfusions for right. my brain surgery. Yeah. So at that point the Red Cross wasn't screening for Lyme mm-hmm. and and they and they're able to trace back. So with all of those times all the progression of symptoms was from the blood which saved my life. Yeah. So it's easy to go what in the world how could that but right. but that blood I I'm living because of it. Mm. And although it's making me sicker it it saved my life. And mm-hmm. so, um, we have been on this journey of, of, um, treatment and pain, um, yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, of our, of our marriage and, and for a very long time of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's always been one of the, one of the biggest questions of faith that I've had is why, yeah. why do we experience suffering in this world? And especially just seemingly, pointless, inexplicable, you've got to be kidding me, Yeah, suffering that, that shapes our experience of this life. And, you know, I don't, I know many people who have suffered as much physical, um, pain as you have Nicole, but I also don't know many people who have suffered through it with as much grace as I feel like you do. You are not a complainer. You, um, you instead use your voice to always uplift people. That is always my experience of you. Spending time around you, I always leave feeling uplifted. It doesn't matter what we talk about. And and so in this series, as we are giving people, giving you the opportunity to extend your influence of offering comfort to people who are suffering, this is something that I've seen you do in your life. You do it naturally. You take the comfort that you receive from the Lord and you offer it to others. But let's be real about it for a second. Hmm. Do you wake up every day and just feel so feel a big hug from Jesus of comfort <laughs> or what is that yeah. like? What does that yeah. look like? Because we read in this passage that, that God is the God of all comfort, that he's the father of compassion. But sometimes when we're suffering, whatever kind of suffering that may be, it doesn't always feel like that. So what has been your experience as you've gone through this, this journey of physical suffering, how has that intertwined with your faith? Yeah. And, and what has that journey looked like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, it's a beautifully loaded question, <laughs> you know, and I feel like there's different seasons, just like anything in life yeah. where I feel like I've, I have seasons that I look back and I think that I, that I handled that well, or that Jared and I really were able to deal with that well together. And then there were seasons of my life that I can look back and be shameful of Mm. because, um, when, uh, physical, like, and for me, 
you can't see it on me that I hurt. I mean, the right. people closest to me, right. um, we have a, a joke. There's this, there's this blog that's, but you don't look sick.com mm. for people with chronic illnesses yeah. that don't, it don't, it doesn't show. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm one, I'm a big believer in, in, um, whether you want to or not, you get out of bed and you get yourself ready. Yeah. And there are some days that I get out of bed and I get myself ready and I have to get back, back in bed. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but that, that, that physical, I'm going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going mm. to, that I feel like just that, um, there is so much strength in that in depending yeah. on the Lord, Lord, if all I can do is get myself out of this bed yeah. and I need to ask you to help me to lift up the blow dryer so I can blow dry my hair or something even as silly yeah. as that. But that every day, um, breath by breath dependence on him yeah. is a, is a totally different way to live. Yeah. Um, because when I, because quite honestly, I don't know where I would be without pain mm. because of my physical pain. Like I, I need him in a way mm. that when, if I felt great, I'm not sure that I would. Yeah. I feel like I would hit the ground running and I would forget to pray mm. and I would forget to, and this is just yeah. for me personally that, I, and I would forget to ask him to show me things in my day yeah. and to stop and to take my breath away mm. and to comfort me and to tuck myself in the shadow of his wing for me to, yeah. for me, that's an everyday practice. Right. It's a, my kids want to climb and jump and yeah. the sound of their voice makes my head feel like they want to, I want to, want to explode. And I know if she, if my daughter climbs on my back, I'm going to feel that for the next week and a half. And mm. those things of making those decisions, but not living my life in fear and alienating every relationship around me of going, yeah. okay, Lord, you gave me a daughter <laughs> that has legs and arms. Yeah. I don't know why you gave me a back that makes me wish that you would just yeah rip it apart or give me a new one, you know? But at the same time, like, I hope that I'm making sense because I feel like I've had days where I would be lying if I, I didn't say that I, I there were times where I go, I, I don't, in the worst points of pain of, of not wanting to be alive because it hurts yeah. too much. Mm. But, but I can thankfully say that those are so few. Yeah. And those times were the times that the Lord showed me a side of who he is as a father and as a, the ultimate comforter yeah. that, that made me weep being thankful for my breath. Yeah. What I can say is that, that I would say most days are um, utter, utter dependence from the smallest things to the big things of, of whether I'm exhausted from having to just be in pain. And so having a conversation at the end of the day feels like a, a full, like a marathon, Yeah. but trusting that, okay, God, you, you gave me a husband to love and yeah. to care for and to serve. You gave me a family to cook dinner for, and you're going to give me the energy and you're going to give me the patience. And I'm going to ask you to just make my voice be soft mm. and and, and thankfully the Lord gave me a husband that can see it in my eyes when he needs to do the dishes and I need to go lay down. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I think a huge thing for me is, is this misconception that, that God wants us to be happy, yeah. that our, the point of this life is for us to be comfortable, comfortable. Right. um, that are, um, somehow some mark of, of, a, of strong and true and, follower and believer is, is that, that there isn't pain or suffering mm. present in their life. Yeah. And I feel like, um, the more pain and suffering I feel and have had, the more I know who God is and his, and yeah. gosh, his, his plan for us. Yeah. Like what, what is heaven for? 
Mm. If this earth is fantastic. Yeah. And that comes in so many different forms for people. That comes in 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 depression, in anxiety, in physical ailment, in yeah. loneliness, in in I mean, the, we could name the struggles yeah. for an hour, right? right? right. Um, but I I must tell myself every day, like, he never promised right. for everything to feel great all the time. He didn't yeah. promise a perfect body. Right. We don't have that. Like, yeah. that is what I long for, for heaven, and not in a, I don't want to hurt anymore yeah. way, but the the wholeness and, and the beauty of heaven. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it changes, it changes your perspective on who God is in the midst of our experience of this life, that yeah. he is walking alongside us toward that ultimate destination, toward right. that place right. of peace and comfort, which is what we were designed for. And so often when we experience suffering of any kind, grief or loss or um, anxiety, depression, physical pain, infertility, whatever whatever yeah. suffering we're experiencing, the temptation for me in my life is to get confused about who God is in the midst of that. And mm-hmm. I think if our belief is that he, God's job is to make our life comfortable, then it seems like he's falling down on the job. It seems like he's falling down on his job when what he has done is become our redeemer who said, I mean, you will have suffering in this life, Mm -hmm. but I have overcome this world and I'm bringing you to that place of peace and of comfort ultimately. And he's walking with us through it. And so I love the way that you allow your suffering to be, I think it's an intentional decision to allow it to draw you closer yeah. to God. And, and it's, we can talk about it here. And, and if you are suffering right now, it, I know in seasons of suffering for me, it can seem, it can seem impossible, mm-hmm. but it, it is possible. You are living proof of that. And as you said, it's not always easy, but it's a, a shifting of perspective again and again to him being our comforter who's walking through us. He's not the one inflicting these things upon right. us. He's grieving with us the state of this world that we live in that's broken yeah. in, in every way, um, all the way up until death, which was not part of his design right. for us. None of right. this was part of his design. And he walks, but he walks with us through it. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, Nicole, have there been any um, as a way to, to comfort someone who might be listening, who mm-hmm. they themselves are struggling or suffering with physical pain right now, whether they've had, they're recovering from an injury or they have chronic pain or they are battling an illness or a loved one is battling an illness and they can see the suffering on that person's face that they love. Have there been any passages of scripture or any truths that you have come back to, to sort of recenter your heart? Because I feel like that's so often what we have to do in the midst of suffering. It's not like a, well, I memorized that verse 10 years ago and so I'm good to go. Like you said, it's a daily thing. It's a moment by moment thing. Do you have any, any things that you would point people to for that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's important to know too, like that it is okay to ask why, Mm -hmm. like it is okay to talk to God about those things. That's good. Yeah to plead with him, to ask to take it away. Yeah. I mean, we've, it, it's not like we've never prayed for me to be healed. Yeah. And, and 
that's been very clear to both Jared and I that we have prayed and sought over and over again and still will always pray for healing. But that is not what I see as God's will for my life. Hmm. And um, as hard as that pill is to swallow, I also believe that his ways are bigger than our ways and his thoughts are bigger than our thoughts and his plans are bigger than our plans. So who am I to say that me being in pain is not what he's going to use to bring him glory. Cause if my goal in, in this life is to glorify him, yeah. to bring praise to his name, to make him look as a, a fraction of, if I can make him look yeah. beautiful and amazing yeah. and he is able to do that in me and through me by giving me physical pain and affliction. I say yes to that. Yeah. But I don't say that to, yay, here I am, send me. Right, I was going to say, uh, I was like, I, I, I don't know if I could say yes and to that. I'm I don't not know saying if I could that that's right now. easy. If it was like a sign up here. I don't no. think I could. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not, and I, I, I really please hear my heart is that I'm not saying that that's an easy thing. Yeah. But I feel like it is, it can be such a trap yeah. to be in pursuit of, in order for me to really glorify him, yeah. I have to have my picture in my head of what a, I don't know, a good life is. Mm-hmm. It's not like anybody would look and say, oh yeah, being in pain all the time, feeling like right. you're on, your insides are on fire is really what I want to sign up for. Yeah. Of course not. But I can't, I have to be careful to, to not assume that that's not what God's going to use in my life yeah. to really know him. Because yeah. if I really want to know him, then I, I guess for me, it's like, if you really truly want to know him, then you need to be okay of knowing that maybe his plan is not in yours. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of the, the guy in scripture who was born blind and everybody's asking like, who, why is Why was this guy born blind? Was it something, was it his sin or his parents sin or what? And you know, Jesus's response, I struggle with Jesus's response Mm -hmm. and that he says this was for God's glory to be revealed in his life. Yeah. And I feel like if I was that guy who's lived my life up to that point blind that I'd be like, can't you like make like a triple rainbow or something hmm. instead? Like, can't yeah, you reveal sure. your glory a different way? Why does it have to be here in this way? Mm-hmm. But that is one of the ways that he does reveal his yeah. glory to people around him. Absolutely. So, and it, and it's not, it's different for, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Like I, I think of different ailments or different struggles and mm-hmm. I think, oh, I couldn't, I don't right. know how I would do yeah. that. But then people might look at me and say the exact same yeah. thing. Like, how does she keep a smile on her face? Yeah. How does she, you know, those things. And I, a verse that has been um, really just huge for me is in Job, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I find suffering. a lot of comfort in Job, but yeah. um, not to at all imply that I have suffered like Job has suffered. Mm-hmm. But I, but he says um, in Job 13, he says, though you slay me, though he slays me, I will hope in him. Mm. And to me, Come the on. word slay is like yeah. full-blown battle, yeah. like beheading style battle. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- though there is a knife to my throat, yeah. I'm going to hope. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so, it's such a beautiful picture yeah. of, of what he has done for me, the forgiveness that, that he has given me, the freedom that I have in him. If he chooses this for my life, that I'm not going to choose to hope in that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't have clenched fists, yeah. that I don't go down fighting either. 
like that I'm not kicking and screaming and asking why and wondering and but I still am going to hope in him that I that I can um plead with him and beg him and say God can you take some of this please this is this feels so cruel yeah like this feels so cruel for my children yeah. to watch me suffer through life yeah. but then I think what if watching me suffer is how they're going to know who God is oh I would, then then I'll do it every day the rest of my life and you yeah. can get it can keep getting worse mm. so I I think that is the one verse that it's like okay whatever's coming next I put my hope in you yeah it is the only hope there is because there's doctors mm. and there's new treatments that mm. we can try and there's oh my gosh I read this article and yeah and Jared and, have had, and I have had our share of... Oh, you have been like the queen ooh, of experimental treatments. Experimental, I was always yeah. here like, hold on, I gotta just go get my coat hanger and <laughs> IV bag real quick. And, and I was like, what are you, what's going on now? And oh, yeah. just... I mean, from the Far East all the way to the yeah. the best hospitals here in the West, that's like we have... We, we, I will always fight. Um, yeah. Right as long same. as there's breath in me, I will fight. Yeah. And I believe that... Um, he gives me that. He gives me that every day because yeah. I do. I feel like I've got an endless supply of fight in me. Yeah. And that is his spirit. Yeah. I have no it doubt about that. Is. Yeah. Because I would be done years ago if this yeah. was on my own. Yeah. So when when you when you ask like what what I would do to like what I would say yeah. to comfort someone, I think that the more. I think any type of physical pain, it, it's such a selfish thing, pain. Yeah. In my experience, physically hurting, you feel as though that no one else is is aware of how bad it is. Yeah. No one else is sensitive enough. Mm-hmm. Um, why aren't they talking quieter? Because don't they know how bad I hurt? Why aren't they being more sensitive? Yeah. You're, you're constantly, can your day can be wrapped up in what's going to be the most comfortable for you. And it yeah. can be such a selfish thing. Mm. But the more you can live your life selflessly, yeah. the more pain doesn't win in yeah. a day, yeah. right? Like the more that you can use your relationship with Christ and draw yourself into him and ask to understand suffering and to show you how you can, um, reach out to other people, how you can use your pain to empathize with others, how you can like to creatively, I feel like I am creatively asking God all the time to give me ways to, um, take the focus off myself even if no one else knows that the focus is on myself, whether you want to yeah. or not, when you feel your heartbeat in your whole body yeah. and you literally wish someone would just chop off your legs and arms for just a couple minutes <laughs> or maybe that's extreme, but sure. I mean, I just yes. have these moments where it's like, okay, yeah. hold on. God, you gave me hands to hug my baby yeah. right now. You, you know, you gave me feet that I can walk across or whatever, whatever it is, it is um, but to, to, to shift your focus of what you can be grateful for, because there's always something to be grateful for, even yeah. in the worst circumstances. Yeah. And I, I hope that I don't sound like, um, I, I don't, I don't mean to make it sound trite or that no. it's simple right. or that it's easy yeah. by any means. Um, but it's worth it because I mean, oh gosh, I, and yeah. I can say, not only does it bring him glory, but I can say this as someone who sees your life from the outside that, uh, and I, I hate the, like, I hate using what ifs or hypotheticals, sure. but I wonder who you would be 
today or what your life would look like if you hadn't said, if you'd spent your life in those waiting rooms in high school, determined, like, I'm not going anywhere until I get some answers for this. You said, okay, I'm not getting any answers, but I feel like God has something for me to do. And you were on the hunt for it. And when he opened the doors for you to go onto the mission field, you went. Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't clench your fist around the idea that I'm not, no, you owe me this God. You need to give me some answers and I'm not doing anything for you until you fix this because how, and and a lot of us would. And I think even some people, some wise people might advise, might have advised you. Like, did people advise you? Maybe you're kind of sick. Maybe you shouldn't go be a missionary. Well, yeah. And there was definite concerns. Absolutely. And and you said, well, this is what he's called me to do. And I think so much because if you were able to meet Nicole and you know, I wish all of you could, your life would be better for it instantly. And everyone who has met you knows that and has experienced that. And it's certainly been true in my life, but I wonder where you, what your life would be like, what kind of person you would be. Um, if you hadn't day after day, and as you said, you, it's, you're never, you're not perfect in this, but you have intentionally leaned into God in the midst of your suffering and say, I want to be used by you. Yeah. And you are someone who, though you suffer with physical pain, you radiate joy. You are a comfort to people around you. Your kids are amazing. Your marriage is amazing. And not because you guys got lucky and you have this sweet love story, but because you work your butts off at it. And that's something that's built slowly over time. And there's no, there's no easy, quick fix for that. But if there is suffering in your life, what I'm hearing from you is that you would encourage people to say, help me to see how I can be a blessing to somebody else, to be a comfort to somebody else. And that there's mysterious joy in that. Right. And I think what I think more than if I could say anything to any fellow sufferers or anyone who is um, around someone or near any people who suffer, that it's okay to ask why, but I feel like if you're going to ask why, then I think you, you, it begs the question, well, why not? Hmm. Like, why would God do this to me? Well, why wouldn't he, if he, if his plan for you is the best plan. If every minute of your life, every second of your life is known by him, if he cares deeply for you, the way the Bible talks about, and if you believe that, then maybe your stereotypical idea of what a, a life is supposed to look like and what happiness is supposed to look like is a little bit backwards. Yeah. Or a little bit Mm. twisted that maybe, um, that it is in sadness, that it is in anxiousness, that it is, it is in loneliness, or it is in physical pain, that God will show you yeah. who he is yeah. in a way that a perfectly healthy person who doesn't need necessarily to depend mm-hmm. on him in those ways yeah. um, wouldn't have. That yeah. I I truly say this, I would not trade my pain for for what I have been able to gain Mm. in Christ and what I've been able to know of him and learn about him, the ways in which I can lean on him, the ways that it impacts my relationships, 
how I see, the way that I view the world. I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. And and I and maybe that sounds crazy to people. Yeah. But I'm I'm not convinced that waking up in the morning and and not having to plan how I'm going to roll over and how mm. much how quickly how much time I have before I have to actually get up or yeah. plan you know, seeing certain people that I know are going to hug me and it's going to hurt and I'll probably leave a bruise or just little things <sighs> and that I yeah. don't you know I I look at that and I go but that's that that's made me remember that how much physical touch whether it hurts or it doesn't hurt is it's just another one of his just it's common grace right it's yeah. it's everyone can experience it yeah but the, but when you know him you you can celebrate that those those yeah. little things that he gives us in every day and i feel like every one of my senses is acutely attuned yeah um not all the time sure <laughs> but as often as it it can be to to yeah. the way that god made me and the way that god made the people around me and i believe that that's because of the way that i'm afflicted yeah. Mm. Well, Nicole, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story today. And I, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you would say to somebody who is suffering right now or, or even to somebody who is walking through suffering with somebody? I mean, I know you, Jared just really steps up to the plate with this and he's learned so much, um, over the years of being married any encouragement or wisdom to give someone in how they can help somebody walk through yeah. on the good days and the bad days sure. and all that? Um, I would definitely say I've, I've had my, um, I think it's, you've touched upon it in other um, pieces of this series or you will, I'm sure. Um, there is the, the typical um, Christian um, mm. implicate, like the Christians that imply that perhaps there's some sin. sin. There is that you are, yeah. hurting in one way or another because of some unconfessed right. or some habitual. So I would say, let's don't say that. <laughs> I mean, unless there's, skip that. unless Go there's validity, obviously. Right. Sure. Um, but the pain that I have really, um, been on the other end of from Christians specifically, um, with the, them alluding to the fact that I'm not well, because I'm, I'm in sin, mm. I would say is the opposite of helpful. Yeah. Um, and, but what I would say is I think it's it's okay to so often people I have so many relationships where no one ever asks me mm. how I'm doing. Yeah. And I know that is different for everybody. Yeah. But I think um there's a people maybe don't ask because there's fear. Yeah. There's like, well, I don't maybe want to bring it up if they don't want to talk about it right. or I don't want to um Maybe they're uncomfortable. I don't really know the whole story. And I, don't, I wouldn't know what I would say. I don't know what I would say. Or maybe I, I don't totally get what, what hurts them when they say they're in pain all the time. Or yeah. those, but I, I think more than anything, I would just encourage people, like, it's okay to ask, like, what do you need? Yeah. Like, what what would be helpful? Would it be helpful if I came over and, and brought you a meal and did your dishes? Would it be helpful if I watched your kids? Or would it just be helpful if I sent you a verse every week? Like, well, and you I, know what? As someone who doesn't suffer with chronic pain, any of those things would be wonderfully right? welcome, no matter what. So if right. you know someone who has chronic pain, they're like, just do one of those yeah, things. I mean, you don't because, have to ask them. I mean, that'd be a blessing to me, and I'm just a, a normal person. Yeah. Not that you're not a normal no, person. No, no, That's no. I know what you're saying. saying. So maybe just do those things. Maybe don't even ask. Just yeah, do Yeah, I just think being... Uh, um, willing to to ask even if you're not quite sure what yeah. you're going to say yeah. 
maybe keep the cliches to a minimum. Mm. You know, the, the whole God's opening up a window and <laughs> cracking a door or or those kind of things, which really is yeah. just, you know, but... but to Blessings in disguise. Sure. Is a, or, a good yeah. One. Yeah, uh, maybe just don't use just, those. But, but to, to truly, like, encouraging any believer with scripture yeah. is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. So if... It, you know someone or you're walking with someone that's got pain, even just to encourage them with scripture, yeah. knowing that God is close to the brokenhearted. Yeah. He is near those who he suffer. Yeah. He bends his ear mm-hmm. to listen to us. Yeah. He collects our tears. Yeah. Like those reminders never get old. Yeah. Um, and I think those are things that can go far. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly do for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, it's it's hard uh, to put yourself in someone else's shoes if you've never yes. really um, never really that. had that right if you've right. never really dealt with pain right. to to understand someone's pain but i i do believe that the lord gives us as believers and as brothers and sisters in christ he 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 can help us to empathize with one another yeah. you may never have had anything in your whole life or i didn't struggle i don't struggle with certain things but i don't have to struggle to to ha- to empathize, yeah. to try to um, be comforting, comforting or to ask or to hug a little longer or to, you know, mm-hmm. go out of your way to love on someone. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a, it's a really big lie of the enemy that uh, if you don't, if you haven't dealt with something like that, that you couldn't really, yeah. because I can easily say like for Jared, I mean, it, it's a different dynamic because it's a husband and wife, but he doesn't struggle with pain. Yeah. Half of the symptoms that I have, he has no idea. I try yeah. to explain it, yeah. um, but it's not. But he is in, incredibly empathetic, yeah. and he will try and try and try again yeah. until I go. All four or five of those things weren't helpful. But yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> you should go back to the drawing board. Yeah. But to love people enough to keep trying yeah. to find out with that friend or with that sister or with that brother or cousin or yeah. whatever it is that this is what I think might warm their heart. Yeah. Draw them closer to who God is. Yeah. Remind them of how they're made. Right. Exactly. And, and so, so often, you know, if, even if we haven't experienced the same kind of suffering as another person, we all have experienced some sort of pain or suffering in this life. Absolutely. And if you have a relationship with God, you have, hopefully as you've sought him out on this, you've received comfort from him in some form. And I think it's really important when that happens to take note of it. And sometimes it's God sending a friend to come in to just walk in your door and bring you a meal or do your dishes and to take note of that and to acknowledge not just, okay, this friend is comforting me, but this is a way that God is using someone to comfort me. And as it says in second Corinthians one, that as God comforts us, we're called to comfort others. And so when God reminds our hearts that he loves us and that he's weeping with us in our grief and in our pain, we can take that, take note of it, and then do that with someone else. You know, sometimes we go in and try to fix everything or we try to have answers or or cliches to offer. Mm -hmm. And those aren't the things that God comforts us with. He doesn't comfort us with cliches. He he comforts us with his presence and with his word and his promises for us, the hope that he promises us. And we can take that as, as believers and extend that to each other. And, um, and I love your advice to not be afraid of it because I know that I, I struggle with that when someone is really, 
suffering and I know that they're suffering, I, I'm afraid that I won't know what to say or know what to do. And so it's easier to just not say anything or not bring it up. And, um, I'm sorry if I'm sure I've done that in our relationship. And so I'm sorry for that. Oh By gosh. <laughs> oh, I forget. I, I wasn't, I wasn't referencing you. No, I know, but I figured I might as well take the opportunity <laughs> sure. because it's hard when you, you watch someone and you're, you know, even just asking them reminds you and, and gives you that pit in your stomach and, and makes you ask why, why is this person that I love suffering like this? Mm-hmm. Um, but be willing to carry that burden yeah. for each other. I mean, it's the, it's the literally the least you can do to, <laughs> to just carry that little part with them of empathizing with them. So I think that's awesome. Nicole, thank you for all of this. I yeah. just love you more than I can say, you know that. You. And I'm so grateful that you, that you live this out, that you are a wounded <laughs> healer because you are. And I hope that everyone who's listening, who is experiencing physical pain or walking alongside someone who is experiencing physical pain will be uplifted by your words and that you've pointed them back toward God. So thanks for, for being here. Gosh, you're welcome. And I pray the same thing. You're (laughs) awesome. So thank you so much, everybody for tuning in today. Um, join us again in two weeks as we continue this series wounded healer. And until then, remember to dig deep. Mm -hmm.